0: subway sports talk. Dan, Dan,
1: Dan clear of the closing doors please. Mm
0: Here we go, Subway Sports Talk. My name is Peter Kennedy, and I am your host. Thank you so much, as always, for listening to SST on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, anywhere you listen to podcasts. Appreciate you coming in. But now, without further ado, let's get right to our guest, our co-host for today, the designated hitters. We'll see if that sticks. Of course, one of my baseball confidants, New York sports fan extraordinaire, Alec Argento. What's up, dog? What's Oh. There we go. Alec, always with us here to talk baseball. And now, of course, the the big three completed with Andrew Kalania. What's up, baby? Hey. And we're here talking baseball. Just like that. It's real games. It's real baseball. Uh, we have a, a, a sample size. I wouldn't call it a big one, but we have a sample size. It's exciting. There's obviously some non-exciting stuff here. Uh, with the COVID situations with the Marlins and the Phillies and now the Cardinals. But otherwise there has been some really good stuff and exciting stuff here with baseball that we will discuss. We obviously will hit the Yankees and the Mets uh, at great length, but guys real quick, let's talk about some general stuff here with major league baseball. Um, Obviously there's been some rule changes. We obviously made our opinion stated strongly on the DH in baseball and that's just swimming going swimmingly, as I meant to say, uh, that that's fantastic. So Andrew, why don't you give us a little rundown? There's been a couple of rule changes here, uh, with baseball stuff and just, there's, a, there's kind of a lot going on and they're figuring out as they yeah. go. And it makes sense that they're doing so. Uh, so Figure, what are you thinking yeah. of it? And like, what's going on right now?
1: Yeah. Figuring out as they go is, uh, it, it is putting it mildly. So in the middle of the first game, Robert Manfred just comes on television and says, hey, expanded playoffs. We're going to do 16 teams, 16 teams,
0: more than uh, half.
1: Yeah, more than more than well, more than okay. half. Well, yeah. Uh, yeah. More than more than more than half of the eight teams per league. Uh, yeah. So more than half, more than half the league is going to go to the postseason this year, which basically guaranteed the Yankees are going to the playoffs this year. Just on opening day, but in the middle of like the second inning, and it, it happened. It's incredible. Um, and then we have the seven inning double headers in there, along with uh, the extra inning rules. It's so I really hope that a lot of these rules. I. It's great that they want to do expanded playoffs uh, this year. Um, but I really hope that this stays a 2020 thing. A lot of these things, I mean, DH aside, you know, I, I'd love to see the DH stay. But uh, a lot of these funky rule changes and expanded playoffs, I'm glad that they're trying trying to do do things different and uh, make it easier for the best teams to, you know, make it to the playoffs. But at the same time, so it's it's been uh, pretty jarring uh, if you're a baseball traditionalist. Right.
0: And, I, and Alec, I'm, I'm going right to you. I'm sorry. I know you're right about to jump in. Did you, you see that that that
2: article from ESPN uh, saying how fantastic the uh, the uh, the extra inning yes. runner on second oh, rule God. is? How ridiculous was that?
1: <laughs> you know, say, I respect Sam Miller. He's a he's a great guy, but I was so wrong. He was so wrong on that. And
0: and there is definitely an argument to be made that like a twelfth inning situation where you put someone on second off the jump, we could talk about that. But in the tenth, in the tenth uh, we're gonna get into it. So Alec, you've obviously. Yeah. You know, you've never held back an opinion. So I'm <laughs> I'm real curious here. Let's keep the DH thing aside. We all know we are pro DH. We're pro universal DH. So keep that aside. W- let's start off with the positive because I know it's real easy to go right on the negative. And trust me, we're going to get to the negative. Out of any of these rule changes, the uh, expanded playoff, the extra innings thing, um, or what was the other one that we just said? I forgot Universal already. DH. No, there's one more.
1: Seven-inning seven-inning double-header. Is there any one... The cre- yeah go ahead. The crazy the, the crazy thing is is that like Major League Baseball is just basically telling anyone, "Do not take us seriously this year. We're just impl- we're just <laughs> implementing shit as we go. We're just we're just going with it. We'll go with the flow. We'll reschedule some games. We'll just make up a rule. We'll keep the roster size and now the the rosters they're supposed to shrink going from 30 to 28 to 26, but now we're, they're they're going to shrink down to 28 and stay at 28 as well." Right. So like Nope. Again, they just said, nobody take this seriously. Everyone just have fun, enjoy the baseball and, you know, not think about everything else. Go, don't, don't worry about the fire that's going on next door. Just, you know, watch the, watch the puppy dance and, you know, just do your own. Look thing. at the cardboard
0: cutouts and carry on. Yeah, so exactly. Alec, is there anything I'm challenging you here that you can actually pick out from these new rules? That's something you like. Cause I imagine you kind of have a hatred for a lot of this. Is there anyone yeah. that's positive here?
2: I mean, are we discounting the Universal DH? Yeah, we're all
0: super hyped about that. We don't even need to talk about it again. Obviously that's yeah. great if you think otherwise, don't listen to this podcast. Just kidding. Keep I
2: mean, listening. you know, I, I guess I don't have anything that I think is really exciting, you know, but I, I think that there's some things that I didn't think were going to be as big of a deal that, that turned out to be, like, you know, like, I thought they were going to be bigger deals, like the three uh, 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 three batter minimum for the relievers mm-hmm. it doesn't bother me it's i mean i guess maybe i'm just looking at this as a yankees fan perspective and, and that's just kind of how we operate anyway right we haven't really had a lefty specialist since shutters chase and shreve um but uh you know there, there really hasn't been that issue so i i think that's fine um uh, and, and you know then it's not really a rule change but the no fans in the stands and, and the pumping crowd noise. Like it all feels like baseball to me, which is nice. Um, I'll tell you, you know, a lot of people were saying that when they, the, when Fox did those, uh, those those virtual fans like they uh to try to compete with the bubble situation they were saying it really reached into the uncanny valley i thought it was kind of cool i thought it was interesting it was like i get maybe i'm used to it from playing the show for years and just having you know simulated experiences with the stands and people reacting inappropriately to things but uh (laughs) i kind of i i just i i don't know i mean i i think that baseball like you said is just like trying to distract you it feels like a baseball experience and i'm fine with that do i want the seven inning uh double letters going forward no but i don't really care to be right. honest with you it, it's it's not gonna it's not going to be going like it's something that's going to be a mainstay and it's as long as whatever happens this year doesn't delegitimize the season um because the yankees are a wagon and they're going to win the world series this year like it's ridiculous how good this team is <laughs> uh as as long humble and, and if and And if the Yankees do lose, then the season was a sham anyway, right that's that, that's how that's how I, I'm
1: viewing the season. God so. i say I, I stated that in the group chat before, before, before. <laughs> I so need I to like, get
0: Who? a fourth member of the designated hitters here who's not a Yankees fan just to like make me you know I could have somebody but they to give feel up on this the season after me. a week and a half. I mean, there's nobody even there. <laughs> <laughs> You're a Mets fan. you don't watch. <laughs> I, I listen to most of the game on the radio today
2: very oh,
0: wow. nice yeah <laughs> you host it. a new york sports <laughs> podcast and haven't watched any new york sports
1: <laughs> that is not true i wa- i've
0: watched a good handful of mets games already this year uh,
1: i've i've watched i watched every i've watched every met game except for one so, so yeah, you've watched, watched more than deal. me but that's fine i've watched a good deal myself as long as it's not competing with
2: the
0: yankees but,
1: uh, but, you know yeah exactly when uh when the yankees aren't on i'm watching i'm watching the mets but uh, i i And I watch the the Yankees. I
0: watch the Yankees more than the Mets because they're better and more interesting. Why wouldn't you? Exactly.
1: Yeah, I mean, I watch the
0: (laughs) Mets, but like, you know, I'm gonna switch back and forth a little bit. Wait, hold on. Let's let's get back on track for a second. So it sounds like Alec, you are. Maybe not super positive, but some of the things you don't mind include uh, the, the relief pitcher rule, which I, I kind of agree with. It doesn't seem to have made a drastic no. effect at this point. The seven-inning thing, you can kind of take it or leave it. And Howie Rose on the radio when I was listening to the Mets game today. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> sure. <laughs> he mentioned about the, like, the cardboard cutouts, for example. He's like, it doesn't do anything for me, but it doesn't take anything away. Like If exactly. you're going to sit here and get mad at the cutouts, like just stop. But, like, it's not doing anything. Like, if they took it away, fine. If they have them, fine. The game feels like the game, and that's the most important thing when it comes down to it. Mm-hmm. And, and it looks like the game. I actually felt like it, you know, my second inning. I was watching the opening night with you, Alec. The second inning, I, like, didn't care that there was no fans there. It didn't bother me at all. I, I, no. I felt like baseball is a game where it's a little slower and there's lulls, and there's something beautiful about the silence in between pitches sometimes in baseball. So it didn't really bother me at all, and I thought I thought it would actually be more jarring in basketball. And I, I felt in national media, basketball is getting all this hype, and baseball people were saying felt weird. I've been pleasantly surprised with both products at this point. Um, but Alec and Andrew, what's bothering you most about this? Is it the extended playoffs? Like, is that really grinding your gears, or maybe maybe something else?
1: Uh, I wouldn't say the extended playoffs because, again, uh, like I said, the Yankees are we're, we're basically guaranteed to make the playoffs on opening day again. So before I have a fan graphs playoff odds uh, in front of me here at the moment. So before in the old format, they they had a seventy two point nine percent chance to make the playoffs again. Small sample size noise. That's when you have to really be concerned about you know a team slumping for a couple weeks and then you're not you know jumping falling out of a wild card spot. But you know, the second they changed it, they jumped from, I get 72 percent now to 92 percent. They jumped up 20 percentage points without a game even being played so far. Uh, so right there, basically guarantee to make the playoffs on day one. Um, and even the Mets too, if you're you know a Mets fan, you, you went from a 42 percent 43 43.2 percent chance to make the playoffs. To a 68.7 percent chance to make the playoffs on day one, before a game was even played. Well, the Mets haven't played exactly well, so that their playoff odds have uh, dipped considerably since then. But you know, starting out the season, that that you're almost 70 percent chance to make the playoffs, you got to be excited about it as a Mets fan, at least that you know your team has a legitimate chance to to make the playoffs, and having Jacob DeGrom there uh, starting some playoff games. Uh, you know, starting a short series since the, the playoff form, is going to be a three game series. You know, you could start the Grom uh, basically against anybody. So that, that should be exciting for Mets fans.
2: I don't have any thoughts. You have no you have no th- okay. No, uh-huh. he took he he took yeah <laughs> Pete's pointing at me, waiting for me to say something and and Andrew took a lot of what I what I wanted to say, so I got nothing. All right, so you, but you're not
0: you're not bothered by the sixteen teams in the playoffs? Like it's not gonna No, it does it
2: it doesn't matter to me. I guess the only thing I really care about is the fact that the MLB doesn't really have a contingency plan. So I didn't say that because and I didn't know if that really pertained to your question, but like, Fair you know, we, 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 uh, obviously I talked to you guys about that, but yeah. there's, there's like, and kind of tinfoil hat me comes out when all of these people, uh, are getting COVID with no, with they're all asymptomatic. And then all of a sudden the Marlins are ready to play again. And, you know, and, and the Phillies are ready to play again. So it kind of just bothers me that there, that there was no contingency plan and they were just kind of, running by the seat of their pants so straight um, winging it
0: i mean what the hell is going to happen now the marlins and the phillies and now the the cardinals right they're 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 out yeah, for Cardinals a, for had 17
2: people on the org, right? It, it yeah. was, like 13 of them were players or something like that. So they're missing um,
0: at so, least a week of games, right? So what happens? You know what? What what ha- ha- they're,
2: they're just going to have to double header. I mean, I think the Phillies are playing 57 games in 55 days or something like that. So it's like it is what it is. I mean, this is your own fault. I mean, when the Cardinals are going to casinos, I don't really have a lot of sympathy for them. You know I yeah. mean? That's 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 the report that's coming out. If, if the Marlins are going to – uh, to strip clubs and and, uh, and whatever the case is and like okay well then if the worst case scenario is you have to work a little extra as opposed to ruining the season then like you know it is what it is so right. I, I i guess i'm just bothered a little bit by the you know me, me and drew have gone back and forth on whether we blame the owners or, or the players in the situation for me i i just can't see any excuse for uh for the for the players at this point i think that there's this this, you know, cavalier attitude that's reckless and, 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 you know, ignorant towards the season and it's affecting a lot of people um and you know that now now they have to be babysat you know these are grown adults who um who under the guise of wanting to spend more time with their family quote unquote really just wanted to enjoy the perks of being professional athletes right yeah. and, and that's 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 what upsets me and so i get to answer your question i'm upset that there was no contingency plan and i'm upset that the players haven't taken this seriously
1: well yeah you know, and, and that's like and that's the crazy part is that you you, you weren't did you re- anybody really expect a professional athlete to to do that? So yeah, you had the family guys, but if you have someone that's single and someone that's you know that's rich and famous, like you're really telling. Does anyone really expect them to not go to Magic City and get some wings? Like right, <laughs> and you, like you know what, it was never gonna happen.
0: It's 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 kind of a crappy situation because you really can't take the family thing away from the people who are saying it, but you have to wipe with a broad brush or paint with a broad brush at some point because you can't make the rules for the guys who are going to follow them. You have to make the rules for the guys who are going to break them. And I think yeah. the response on the Lou Williams stuff was so interesting. And we joked about it on the pod last week. And I was saying how Adam Silver should have magic city, you know, cater a night in, in the <laughs> bubble and like, we're joking about it, but the way that the players responded to it, the way the media responded to it uh, for the most part was like, Hey, this is funny. Lou Williams, a likable guy. He's a bit of a goof. The wings are named after him. The wings at that place are no joke to people who've been there before. Like, that's all fun and games. But there was a lot of people out there saying, like, this is serious. And this whole thing can come crumbling down from possibly one person making this sort of mistake. And in baseball, with the travel, obviously, you know, they're not playing in a bubble. They're going from city to city still, and, you know, in a lesser extent than normal, but still are responsibility really falls on these players shoulders. And if they don't take it serious, this whole thing comes crumbling down. And then everything that we were looking forward to for the past, you know, four months of not having sports doesn't matter. And us talking about how good the Yankees look doesn't matter. And and I think it's, it's good that, you know, people didn't completely vilify Lou Williams and he didn't get crushed or the Marlins didn't just get excommunicated from the major league baseball. Like, I think that's good that it didn't go that far, but it was also really good that people are like, yo, we got to take this serious. And if you're going to go out to clubs or you're going to uh, crazy restaurants or parties or, or who knows what you're doing, like you are not just risking your own safety at this point. You are not even just risking your family at this point. You're risking hundreds and hundreds of people. And then all the things that go along with it, the TV stations, the advertisers, uh, the workers who are still able to work with these organizations right now, like it is so much bigger than one person. And maybe it took Lou Williams sneaking out and getting in trouble. Maybe mm. it took the Marlins screwing up and the Cardinals screwing up. And people saying, Ah, it's not going to happen. Us, not going to happen. Us. Boom! It happened to the Cardinals. Boom! It happened to the Marlins. But
2: well, like, that it, was important for it to it, happen. It's it's also become uh, increasingly apparent that no matter what this season is happening right
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah if if it if the if the 18 players on one team didn't do it like it's they're going forward you're It, it would take rob manfred uh to say no to hundreds of millions of dollars and it's just it's just not going to happen
0: and i mean yeah, so. and i'm grateful and i think i actually got like i was getting defensive with you guys and maybe more you alec in our group chat when you were saying like uh this this happened in like Bad news, this is not looking good, this is not look good. You're probably a little more pessimistic. Like you said, a little tinfoil hat action over there. I was like, Oh, come on, come on, come on. But now sitting back and and really like thinking about it, it's like, all right, maybe maybe this happening early, so early. Like this more what was it? Six three days. Three
1: three, three games, games <laughs> into the season. Three games. games into three that's games. what I'm
0: saying. Like it happened so quick and it spread to a pretty large extent within a team where it's like, oh, snap, wake up call. Now, Cardinals, boom, double wake up call. If you don't, if you don't make a difference now, if you don't change your habits now, you, you're hopeless from the get go.
1: Yeah, and uh, I know the the Dodgers. They had the you know the Major League Baseball has their own set of rules, but the Dodgers got together. They said, you know, we have an extra set of rules. We want to make sure that we we are not the team to go down with 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 COVID. And I know Aaron Judge, you know, right before the season starts, said, Hey, we need everyone to get on board here. We need everyone to just you know need you need to absolutely commit to the team. You know, this is, it's a, it's, you know, an important guy going down with COVID and missing two weeks of time. That's, 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 you can't do it. Yeah. Yeah. They're expanded rosters, but, and, and teams have death to a certain extent, but you, you absolutely, if you, if you care about the team, you will, you'll adjust your habits for two months accordingly and, and go from there. So hopefully again, this was a wake up call for you know, a, the rest of baseball and hopefully something like this does not continue to happen.
0: Absolutely. And uh, we're going to get into some specific stuff with the Yankees and Mets, but I mean, it's, it's hard press or we're hard pressed to not discuss this. And it's not that fun to discuss, right? Like this is not something we want to come out here and talk about, but it's such a part of our everyday life and such a part of these sports that we're now so happy to be watching that we have to, we have to talk about it at least a little bit and that leads me to the next thing i just want to mention uh, and it's more about the nba specifically just based off of kind of what they're able to do and what baseball just based off numbers it's going to be so hard to do and they're not, obviously not even trying is the bubble and and then for football now moving forward where that's starting to look a little bit glim right now and it's weird to think that because you would think if baseball can get off the ground and basketball can get off the ground before football's even set to start like of course football's going to figure it out not looking great at the moment um i don't know how much basketball you guys, you guys have watched but i've been thoroughly impressed with a the production and how they're making it look grand the fans not being there hasn't really affected me as much similarly to baseball i think the uh, automated not automated oh yeah automated crowd noise it's better than nothing, I think. And I, I'm for it in baseball. Yeah. I'm also for it in basketball. It helps fill those blank spots in your brain that you're kind of just expecting some noise. <laughs> um, so I'm, I'm for it in basketball. The the safety precautions, the quarantine precautions in the NBA. I just wanted to come out here and say, shout out to the NBA and Adam Silver because they have done a really bang up job. And I, I mean, it just sounds like, you talked about Alec the contingency plan or lack thereof in baseball is frustrating for you as a fan of the league. It seems like the NBA had the contingency plan ready to go, but times there's a two. difference, and there's they're a able to because the, the bubble. Yeah, and it's the bubble; but, but, it's less it's not, players. It's there's a lot even, of things. It's, in their it's not
2: even the bubble. It's it's how they got to the bubble, right? Is that the NBA is the only league where the players and the owners are really on the same page because they understand that their money is 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 packaged together, right? Whereas the owners have all the power in the world in football, and uh, the players have nothing. And in baseball, there's and it, it, they, they're both diametrically opposed with the same amount of power, right? Mm-hmm. And, and 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 that's the only reason. So you, you can look at like Adam Silver has a lot easier of a job than than someone like like Goodell or Manfred does. And I'm not saying he's not better than the other two because he
1: is. No, but, he's clearly better.
2: Yeah, but but the the difference is that. the the players will not vote for a bubble because it's inconvenient to them in baseball. uh, And and also because they want to send a message because the CBA is up and they want to win in whatever way that they can. And football is just not going to happen because, there's no there's no protocol uh, for safety with the players and there never will be because that's not what makes money for the for for the uh, the team so that's why the bubble happened in in basketball it's not like it wasn't proposed in baseball i mean they were the first ones to propose it if if i remember correctly Mm -hmm. they they were going to be doing all their games in arizona we all talked about it but the, the the union and and i think i've there needs to be new leadership with baseball for not just uh, the commissioner, but also for the head of MLBPA. Not that they're both unintelligent or incapable of their job, just because they will not work together, right? Yeah. And that's just the difference between the NBA and, and the MLB. And
0: I have a question for you guys. I just sure. I so I tr- simply just don't know the answer. Is there players who are currently in the league who uh, have like heavy hands or positions in the N- MLBPA?
1: Yeah, there's there are player reps that uh, that. There are on the conference calls and that. like. Is there know, like a count- is there like
0: a head like a, a a one guy who you know stands above as like Tony the, Clark. No, no current players.
1: No, uh, I don't know. Because there, like there's, Chris, there's, Chris there's, there's Paul, a, been, for
0: example, in the NBA, is the head player of the players' organ. Like he's the number one. I forget what the title is, but he's the head of the players' association from the player standpoint. Then there's Michelle Roberts, who's like the other the non-player head of it, right? It
1: actually, it actually might be Sean Doolittle, uh, if I'm. Oh, that
2: would make so much sense. Him and Trevor Bauer—they can't yeah. stop uh, yapping around.
1: Yeah, <laughs> no, I, I honestly I honestly think it's I honestly think it's Doolittle uh, might be the 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 player the top player rep because yeah. I know each team has has one. Zach Britton's the one for the. Uh, is the player rep for the Yankees, but I think it's, I think it's Doolittle that uh, it's the head. The I'm,
0: one. I'm just curious because NBA is so unique with the smaller teams. You see their faces more They're in more individually. They have bigger individual stardom uh, across the board. I would say outside of maybe quarterbacks or one or two baseball players, maybe. So for Chris Paul, to say something it for it to mean something for LeBron to say something it and for it to mean something. I don't know. I'm jumbling my words so bad right there, but for these big names to say something and it to carry so much weight is a luxury that the NBA has that other sports just don't. The NFL is actually turning a page in that regard. And some of the social justice stuff that they did where the NFL like signed off, they saw or signed on. I should say they signed on to Mahomes and uh, Odell Beckham and a bunch of other players putting a really thoughtful message together. And it was something that the NFL just wouldn't have done. And the players are kind of, I think they're starting to force their hand a little bit. Cause it's the big name players who are doing it. Uh, and- I disagree.
2: I, I think, Dude, I how, think how can this, you disagree because because be, no, I'm not saying that they're not doing it but this is what the NFL does they give you a little so you feel like you're doing something right yep. this is like the customization of like the pink shirt jer- the pink cleats and everything like that or letting you wear whatever cleats you want or letting you have touchdown celebrations again they take things away from you and then give it back to you and then the, it's not then you know everyone thinks that they're getting what they want that's not really that's that's I actually a
0: really fair point to be honest and I probably I just didn't look at it like that because I'm Probably just a little too innocent-minded or too optimistic sometimes, but the fact that those players put that together, like that was something they put together, and the NFL was like, "Word, we're we're with this." That's something the NFL wouldn't have done a year ago. They wouldn't have done it a year ago. I, I don't know. Maybe it's just a random opinion of mine, but I feel I just, like it's a it's a progress step.
2: I guess I don't know. I just I just don't I don't see the NFL as ever having the the, the interest of the players in mind. Yeah, man, and anytime that's, they that's give fair. you, and anytime they give yeah. you something, it's it's mo- more more than not. It's things that they had taken away in the past. I mean, and look it, look, look it, how happy we were with with touchdown celebrations coming back, acting like that wasn't part of football <laughs> that they took away.
1: <laughs> yeah, and and the, and, the uh, thing, and every every single gesture with the NFL too, with, even with the pink jerseys, like only, like. Ten or fifteen percent actually went towards like uh, like cancer research. Everything else was like profit in their pocket. Like, oh, nothing, surprise, nothing, surprise. Nothing, yeah, nothing, nothing, nothing. Same they with their do military is... stuff. Honestly,
0: too, they were doing yeah. some bad stuff there. Yeah. Brutal, brutal, brutal stuff. We're not gonna go. We're not gonna go there any further. But yeah, I just think it's good that there's players in the NFL, in the MLB, who are like more willing now than ever to step up and, you know, use their voice and to try to make a difference. And I I don't know if this would be considered a win for baseball players, getting this 60-game season in or not, but I still think them playing is way better than not, and I'm so happy Uh, we're here to talk about it, basically. You know what I mean? When we were sitting here a month or so ago saying, like, are they going to get it done? It's the players versus the owners versus the fans. How are they not figuring this out? It's all money. It's all money. It's all money. Now we get to sit here and talk about real baseball, and I think that's a huge step for everybody. It's a good step for players, and, I mean, they're they're all getting some money out of it, I assume, somewhere or another. So, heck them. Yep. But without further ado, let's talk about some real sports stuff here. Subway Sports Talk, Pete Kennedy, Alec Argento, and Andrew Colagna. We got the Yankees and we got the Mets. We got two teams going in more or less different directions as per usual and uh classic Mets fashion. The hype was too loud. It's something that happens just far too often with the Mets where there's a expectation set that is semi-unrealistic to unrealistic <laughs> and people get too excited in they are They become infuriatingly optimistic. You can pick out all these things that if they go right, they're going to be good. They're going to be this good. They're going to win the division. They're going to be blah, 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 blah. This happens every, like, four or five years with the Mets, and it's very frustrating as a fan because the real fans out here don't get their hopes that high because they just know that the the best seasons will be the ones we almost don't expect. That's just how it works Mm -hmm. with the Mets. It's not like the Yankees. We don't have the luxury you guys have of being a great organization. So let's start off with the Mets here for a minute because I think it's going to be a bit of a shorter conversation, and then we'll go to the Yankees, which will be probably a more interesting one. But yeah. what the hell, dude? The Mets now lose Cespedes as he opts out.
1: <laughs> he just I told, honestly it, until you until you brought up Cespedes name, I completely forgot you, about the
0: But this is, you forget so fast that he opted out because it's just another thing. I was listening to the K show for a moment uh, yesterday and some caller was like, ah, Don, you should make your list about the most embarrassing Mets moments. Like, where's Yohannes Cespedes leaving? He's like, it's not even going to make the list. There's a hundred (laughs) other... Especially with
2: him, the wild boar thing is wor- is weirder <laughs> yeah. than, than. It's than hardly
0: there. the weirdest thing Cespedes has done in the past two years. <laughs> is leave, it's probably the smartest decision he's made in two years, and probably not. But whatever. So Cano was doing well. Now he's not in the lineup. Uh, Rosario is not in the lineup. It, it, what happened in two weeks? Andrew, help me out here. You were on team Mets before the season started and now we're 4 and 9 and we can't hit when we pitch, we can't pitch when we hit. It's brutal. We're back to Metson.
1: Well, it's the it's, it's the bullpen that's that's been the killer for the the backbreaker for the Mets uh, yet again.
0: For a year uh, and 2 weeks
1: Oh God, Ed, watching just Edwin Diaz uh just struggle continue to struggle and then the the prospect that they sent to, the Mets sent over to the Mariners now like he's like a top ten prospect in all of baseball. It just makes that trade just look so much, so much worse uh every time I watch him pitch. And you know, Dylan Batanzas is his is not hundred percent back yet. So when he has his control problems, he's uh he's a liability out there. You know, I'm still a big Dylan Batanzas believer but uh, you know until he gets his that 96 97 uh, fastball back um, you know he's not going to be that that go-to guy that stopper in the bullpen that the that, net's kind of desperately need at the moment and familiar is familiar and uh, Justin Wilson you know he's getting exposed kind of by the three batter minimum um, you know he's not a guy that can face uh, uh, same-sided batter uh you know constantly so uh, he's more of a, a loogie at this point in his career so it's uh it's unfortunate to watch the same problems plague the Mets continuously and then they didn't they didn't score for DeGrom in his starts uh aside from his most recent one um so again really the same problems that were plaguing the Mets in 2019 have carried over into 2020 uh, but if you do want to Mets fans you do want to feel still positive even that after this four and nine start Their their playoff odds um, have dropped considerably they're still at uh, like 52 percent a chance to make the playoffs with the with the expanded playoffs Thank like god this, this is the, the it was the best thing to happen to the Mets Uh, where these expanded playoffs because right now you know you go four and nine to start the season you're basically it's over it's over if it's the regular if it's the regular playoff format but now you know you still have a chance so that's uh you know things haven't gone real well for the Mets at the moment but there's still some uh some hope for the rest of the season for them
2: Recalling exactly how the season was going to go on our first podcast Uh, when everyone said how how great the Mets were going to be and I, I said okay Okay, but it relies upon a million different things that could break positively or they could break negatively. And I'm more inclined to believe that they were going to break negatively. And I was absolutely correct. Uh, as I always am on this podcast. Okay. Uh,
1: <laughs>
2: <laughs> I will. I have always been vindicated um, <laughs> by yourself at least,
0: <laughs> which is good. Enough. <laughs> I,
2: I, 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 I know in my heart of hearts when I'm right uh, there, the bets, the, I mean, the only po- Right spot, obviously. Besides, like Degrom is is like Seth Lugo looks like one of like one of the best relievers in baseball. You, they gotta they gotta turn that guy just so pitch him every game.
0: Just pitch him it's, every I, game.
2: That's what they did last year. That's right? The, I mean. He's, yeah, arm off you, in September. Yeah, he's Tanyan Sturts. Um, yeah. yeah, but uh, I mean, <laughs> the the benefit of 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 the Mets is that at least they're playing right, whereas the Marlins and the Phillies had uh, a pretty aggressive amount of time missed. Right. And I think that the Phillies and the Marlins are going to have a hard time winning games going forward, at least for a couple weeks going forward. I mean, yeah. the Phillies didn't look great yesterday at all. I mean, I, yeah. I know that I know that you, you had a couple, yeah, you know, like a solo shot from Jay Bruce and whatnot. But I mean, that's not a team that I'm going to really rely on right now. They they there's there's a lot of streaky players on that team and they're they're starting off cold and Miami's Miami. And I mean, this season's just been weird.
0: The Braves I, haven't I, even I, been that impressive to this moment. Like they've been, no, and, and they just no, lost Mike Soroka.
2: They lost their yeah. best pitcher on the ah, outside, of Mike Sor- outside of Mike Soroka. They have oh, Kyle Wright and Sean Newcomb as their next two, was it the next two best uh, starters? And they stink. I know. Cause they're on my fantasy team. <laughs> they, they're not good. I mean, they, they don't have any, is that pitching. why you I mean, they,
0: specifically bragged about your AL only team today?
2: I was, I was in second place on my NL only team, but uh, then yesterday was a bad day. <laughs> I can't, I, I, I think my collective ERA on my NL only team is like seven and a half. Okay. Um, which is why I was talking about how I think that in our group chat, I was talking about how I feel like Pitchers need to uh, catch up to the hitters, and then maybe it's just my own personal <laughs> viewpoint uh, because of my team. But nevertheless, <laughs> I, I I think the Mets. I mean, it's, as much as it stinks, I mean, they're probably going to make the playoffs. I I, I would still wait. Uh, you know, if I if I was a betting man and I am, I'd still be willing to bet that they're going to make the playoffs, right? And mm-hmm. and it makes Absolutely. sense. And if that's the case, I mean, I still this isn't the Mets of the past where you could rely on your big three starters to get you through. you know, It's one of those you know, just get me to the postseason, we'll figure it out from there. Um, because I don't really think that Steven Matz or uh, or Marcus Stroman are really going to do anything for you, but um, you know, there's still there's still hope for the season. It's not there's no reason to stop watching just yet. I mean, you know, it just we'll see how it plays out. But I, I wouldn't expect them to win a championship uh, this week this year at all.
0: And and Alec, yeah. to, to go off your point about how you said. When we talked about all the ifs with the Mets, and if this goes well, they can be really good at this unit. If this goes, if this works out, their pitching staff can be really good. Just to to go off that and prove why we shouldn't have that sort of faith as Mets fans, here's a stat from a guy named Ryan M. Spader uh, on Twitter that I saw and posted on Subway Sports Talk on Instagram. Quick plug there. It says the Mets have scored four runs. Uh, the Mets have scored four runs for 66. Uh, sheesh! Sorry, the Mets have scored four runs for Jacob Degrom tonight. He is 21 and 17 in 66 starts since 2018. Had New York four been, a- ha- yeah, had New York been able to score four runs per game for him in those starts, he would have been 59 and three with four no decisions. So yeah. just to go and show it right there with some statistics. The Mets had a pretty solid offense last year. I'm pretty sure they were top 10 in offense last year. Yet every time their back-to-back Cy Young winner goes out there, they can't put four runs on the board. Enough to put, to the point where he's 21 and 17 in his win-loss column when if they scored four runs a game, he'd have 59 wins say even if if you lower it if you cut it in half he has x amount more wins or the mets have x amount more wins but they can't put things together at the right times in the right way it just doesn't seem to ever work right for them it just doesn't yeah. work and that
1: and that's in fairness been the, and that's fairness, been that, you go joe yeah. sorry you no, go. no no and that's been the difference between them making the playoffs and not making the playoffs has been those games for not scoring for degrom and that's been the problem it's just they they it, it, they're they're given they're given these games on a silver platter and just for some reason their offense just like just like oh we to ground's going we only have to score one no you, you score three score four you know and, and go from there but it's it's that's got to be you know I, I, again I'm an I'm an outside Met fan but I'm I, I'm fully endorsing them and I'm, I love watching them play but that's it's I, it's frustrating for me to watch so I can only imagine what if like for a Met fan to. Constantly be going through that on at every fifth day basis.
2: Uh, in fairness, four runs a game for any pitcher is a lot of runs for any pitcher. I would just like to to, to let that be oh, known. For sure. That's why they fit <laughs> if you're getting four runs a game and run support every game, you're going to win a lot of games. So I always, that, that, cause that, that stat has circulated every year. I see that stat every year about how he needs four runs because he's averaging what, like 3.75, right. Or something like that. And if he, if you were to get, you know, just over the hump then yeah, cause he's in right. one, one run games every time. So it's I also,
0: it's like, it's the same thing it was Tom Seaver though. Tom Seaver with the Mets was incredible. One of the best pitchers of all time. And he ended up kind of wasting some of his best years of his career on the Mets when they stunk, and then obviously, you know they had a run in their first ten years as a franchise to the, uh, to the World Series. But like, this dude then went on and like, freaking he he won rings right with the Reds. I'm not making that up.
1: Tom Seaver, right? You're just, you're yeah, that sure that's that, that yeah. checks out. Uh, like Jacob yeah,
0: DeGrom, sure. unfortunately, has now I don't want to say wasted. He's won two damn Cy Youngs, but in other sports, like you can't be on a team that doesn't make the playoffs and win defensive player of the year. You know, if we're calling Mm -hmm. pitcher defensive player of the year in basketball or in football, like you can't be on a team that doesn't get it done. Thankfully, he's so singularly impressive and singularly keeping them in games every time he pitches that he's been awarded the Cy Young twice. But at one point he must be low key. So pissed sometimes like it must absolutely suck to just pitch your heart out every single week and get two runs on the board from your team. That's it's, and it's just brutal.
1: His stuff is just so filthy. Like there was a there was a at bat sequence I saw him pitching. Ninja, it was like a three pitch at bat to Freddie Freeman. He threw like a ninety four mile an hour change up, hundred mile an hour fastball, and then slider. And like Freddie Freeman, one of the the best hitting first basemen in all of baseball, could, like just shook his head and like had couldn't do anything with it. And it's I, I again. This is again probably. One and two, one or two, whatever, wherever you want to pick between him and Cole, like the best pitcher in baseball, and the, the mess just constantly not doing a damn thing for him every time out is it's 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 shameful. It's like shame, shame on all of you for not supporting this guy who's uh, like a, a once in a generational talent.
0: So let's quickly just move off that because I'm getting depressed over here. Two of the <laughs> two of the things that we you know cited as. More likely to be booms than busts, were Pete well are Pete Alonzo and Jeff McNeil right? So they mm-hmm. haven't been special so far this season. That's okay though, right? Because there's there's some mm-hmm. time left, but we need them to to be special. Absolutely. Is there any signs of extreme nerves on that? Like, is there any signs for Pete Alonzo that you guys are seeing that should lead you to be nervous that he may not? Like he just may not have it right now. Like, I I think it's just too early for that. Right. So there's still some hope with these guys. I think it's hard
2: no matter, no matter who it is this year to even get a sample size. I mean, you could say Aaron Judge is the best player in baseball, but who knows? This could just be a good 60 day stretch. Right. Like that's it's it's hard to just say anybody has to be worried for the future, even if they have a bad year. I I don't know. I mean, it's the season isn't is kind of wacky. Right. So, um but I mean, I don't really think they look particularly great out there, right? I don't think that's uh, yeah. <laughs> that's anything that's kind of shocking to hear or anything like that. But uh, I I wouldn't put too much stock, regardless of if somebody's great or or, or bad, unless they're on my team, then I'll feel great about it.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah, like um, like uh, maybe the transition over to like the the Yankees. So Gary Sanchez, you know, he's not doing so well with the bat at the moment. But if you're looking at they, uh, Baseball sexus just released their catching, uh, framing data. Number 1, uh catcher catching framing and called strikes above average is Gary Sanchez.
0: Would you look at that?
1: Yeah. Uh, how the how the tides have turned. Yeah, exactly. So, you know, that new that new stance for him is uh working out pretty well, but again, you're talking you're you're talking eleven games,
0: right? Eleven games, games out of sixteen, nonetheless, too. So it's even yeah, quicker it's, turnarounds, even so, more. You know, yeah.
1: So he could he could have had a good week. You know, yeah. He could add a good. He could add a good uh, eight eight nine games, or yeah. how many the Yankees played so far. He can be lazy games.
0: behind the dish by next week. Who knows? But wait, real quick before we move up the Mets, we're gonna get to the Yankees in a second. Yeah. I think we talked about this before we started recording. Now with these guys out, we brought in uh, Brian Dozier. Hit the lineup today. Billy Hamilton's on his way to the Mets, and um, my biggest thing because those two guys are n- nice names to have, I guess, on the roster. Sure, um, Dom Smith, free free Dom Smith. Is it that simple? Does this guy need to be in the lineup every single day, Alec? What do you think?
2: I think he's a player that benefits from from regular reps. I mean, I mean that's not really a hot take. Everyone kind of benefits from regular reps, right? But um,
0: except for Matt it, Stairs,
2: it, it, <laughs> um, I I think that. Uh, I don't really understand why now that there's a universal DH. I think he, and especially now that Cespedes is is gone, Um, but I also think that like Billy Hamilton and Brian Dozier, they're lottery tickets, right? Like this reminds me of when the Yankees took on Brian Roberts all those year back years back. Like it was a name a couple years ago, but they really haven't done anything. Billy Hamilton's got all the speed in the world, but he can't get on base to steal bags anyway, right? That's just always been his bugaboo. So I mean, it's not like those players are better. Defit, uh, definitively uh, than dom smith so um they're, they're lottery tickets they could turn out well you might get a nice season out of them but I, I think dom smith was one was was one of the top prospects in baseball for a reason i think that he just needs regular reps and he is a good dh he's a good dh to have mm-hmm. who you can spell a guy at first base or the outfield if you need to but shouldn't be playing regular reps in left field uh, regardless so no. you know i i think uh i think let, let free dom smith for sure
1: and uh and on the pitching front too uh you you have david Pe- david pearson that's uh, the top prospect that they called him and he had a pretty good start as well um so uh, again the rotation hasn't looked so great behind uh behind degram besides that uh, start by waka in uh, in fenway so you have, you know you have your your top uh, pitching prospect come up and doing pretty well so far so uh, you know, could Good things, could things could, you know, again, there's that ray of hope there, uh, you know, for the Mets. So they have some, again, they have decent depth that they can step in for some of those guys down Smith, come in and, and mash and do his thing. So, uh, again, I, it's I not, have it's a not, question. It's, it's, it's not all doom and gloom. I don't think for the Mets, not yet. Anyway, maybe given we'll, we'll talk. I, I next have one. a
2: question. Do you, how do you think, how do you think Luis Rojas has been doing?
1: I think, I think he's been doing fine. Um, it's, I think he's been putting his players in the best position to win. I think he's, uh, I think he's, he knows about Dell and Patanzas, uh, you know, his velocity not being there. So he's, he's used him pretty sparingly. It's just unfortunate that the guys, uh, you know, just haven't been performing for him. But yeah, I, I think he's, I think he's been doing okay.
0: When it comes down to it, like Luis Rojas, his hands are tied. Like Familia mm-hmm. and Diaz are getting innings. They have to, they have the upside to be special They've they've yeah. done it in pretty close re, like past right. Edwin Diaz was special two seasons ago. Familia was special a few seasons ago. Uh, Betances was special for multiple seasons, a couple seasons uh, in a row even. So his hands are semi tied. Like those guys have to get innings because they could yeah. be that good. So it's tough to really blame Rojas. It's also just it's so early. But and you uh, look
2: you look at you look at other other managers in the league, the ones that you would say are the most successful, and it's. It's about you know like you look at Aaron Boone right and and there's this this like air of whoever he puts in a relief role is going to get the job done. Joe Girardi was like that too with the Yankees. And Maybe it's a you know a systematic thing for, for the Yankees. But
0: it wasn't Larry Rothschild. It,
2: no, but you know even with Larry Rothschild, our our bullpen always performed. Oh, our you guys bullpen are was sick. always one of whether it was like the recent years where we we're getting a lot of coverage or, or before that, it was always in-house people that we developed, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and part of part of being a good manager is. Getting the most out of your bullpen. And if anything, it's one of the most important things in modern day baseball, right? And and if Luis Rojas isn't getting it, maybe it's maybe he's not putting the relievers in the right position, right? And and, and I'm not a Met fan, so I don't really know, you know, I don't really know where I'd like to see Jairus Familia or Diaz, or, or, or Dylan Patances. But you know, like for a Yankee fan. I know I heard a lot of Mets fans saying, like, this is going to be our new closer. And I know as a Yankee fan that Dylan Batanzas can never be a closer because I know he doesn't do well in the ninth inning. He just, he's, he was never able to do that with the Yankees. And it's just putting these people in the right position. And at a certain point, you have to look at the team and say, okay, well, these relievers aren't performing. They've performed elsewhere. Maybe it's on him, right? And I understand yeah. that these
1: people are, come with it, with it. Could be it could be pitch sequence. It could be a ton of things. It could be their philosophy, uh, the pitching coach's philosophy, and whatnot. So I don't. I'm not like 100, uh, you know, putting blame on the manager. But again, I, I think I don't think he's done anything egregious that I'll say uh, so far. He hasn't done something like left somebody in for three innings, or he keep, continues to go to. You know, even after he saw uh, DS struggle a little bit, he didn't immediately put him back uh, in the closure. He tried him out in like a seventh inning when they were down by a couple of runs, you know, just to try to get him straightened out. So I think he's, you know, it's, he's, I pu- think he's
0: pushing, he's pushing some of the right buttons for sure. I just yeah. think for the Mets, yeah. too, it's, and we're going to move on. Like I, I said that like five minutes yeah. ago, but we're actually going to move on in a minute. Uh, yeah. It's frustrating because they've been very lackluster so far, only four mm-hmm. wins to this point. But if they rattled off a good, a good run, and Pete Alonso's hitting home runs and McDeal's on base all the time and JD Davis is, you know, batting three hundred and Diaz gets a couple of clo- uh, saves in a row, which feels like non existent at this point or not possible at this point.
1: Yeah, if I think that I happens, think Lugo's the closer.
0: Which is fine by me. A guy should pitch every single day. Uh, um, yeah. if they rattle off a um, a seven out of ten or a six even a six out of ten, uh, like you can start feeling yep. so yep. much better about this team in a week yep. and a half. Uh, so I'm not gonna go even at Rojas right now because it's so early, but it's also not that early because this is such a short season, so it's kind of <laughs> weird. But it's it's like Andrew said before, it's not all gloom yet. There's just a good portion of gloom at the moment, but there's just, great opportunity for them to turn around. And when their offense, when led by Pete Alonso, when he starts to hit, a lot of things can change quick. And I think that's that's important to note. So, yep. all right, that's it for the Mets. And the Yankees are great, and that's all we have today on Subway Sports Talk. <laughs> no, see but, everybody. Uh, the Yankees are fantastic. I mean, so we talked about Dom Smith before the season, our preview as like this little depth piece the that the Mets have that you know they haven't been able to really take advantage of in the past without a DH and whatever. We talked about with the Yankees though, multiple depth pieces, almost too many depth pieces. Like they can handle injury. They can handle COVID. They can do a lot of different things because they have all this depth. And to this point, it just feels like no matter what button they push, it works. I mean, obviously they, they only have one loss right now. So that's damn impressive. And their percent chance that Andrew explained for is incredibly high to be in the playoffs. What, what could even be improved on right now? Obviously there's like individuals who can be better, but as a unit, a lineup as a pitching staff, as a bullpen, this seems like seamlessly great right now. And it's hard to even pick apart what can go wrong. now if you listen to local radio, you can find a million things cause they're crazy. <laughs> but how freaking pleased have you guys been watching your Yankees just dominate even after a slow offensive start in the first couple of games?
1: Nah, it's it's been it's been amazing and if i do have to point out one weakness on the yankees it's been the starters outside of Garrett Cole uh Paxton diminished velocity uh Happ hap kind of looks like the same guy as he did at the end of last year tanaka came back he you know he's still building himself back up so they've been relying on a lot of the b relievers to kind of fill in mike king and uh Nick Nelson who looked uh, pretty good as well He pitched three innings against the Red Sox he struck out four um so he looked he looked pretty good as well but uh you know it's been outside the offense has been great the bullpen has been great unfortunately you know you lost Tommy Kameley to Tommy John surgery so they're gonna be down reliever so I expect them to maybe go pick somebody up at the at the deadline in a couple weeks but uh, there's really not much you can uh, complain about at the moment if you're a Yankees fan.
2: I have stuff I can complain about. I could always find things I can complain about. <laughs> well, complain to um, me. Pick up pick apart yeah, some stuff. I, I I mean there's been plenty of people on our it's it's lost because of players like Judge and uh, and Urshela and, and and players like that, but Gary Sanchez has looked lost at the plate. I know he hit had, had a couple of uh, they hit a double and a couple singles or whatever it was the past couple of days. Mm. He he is striking out at an alarming rate. Gleyber Torres has has looked horrible uh, this year, both offensively and defensively. He does not look good at shortstop. Mm. Miguel Andujar does not look comfortable at left field <laughs> mm. um, at all, and it's Socking. ridiculous <laughs> that Mike Mike Talkman is not starting or Clint Frazier is not starting over. Uh, Brett Gardner like Brett Gardner has not looked great I know he's had two home runs that are nice but you got to think that Mike Talkman in a regular role is going to produce at least two home runs at this point and and he's stealing bags and he's a great defender you know I know you lose a little bit with with Brett Gardner because he's he's a gold glove caliber left fielder but Mike Talkman's no slouch and our our starting pitching has been horrendous outside of you know honestly Jordan Montgomery was our best starter Uh, (laughs) uh Garrett Cole has looked good he hasn't looked tremendous yet i I think he's not going he's not going deep into games none of our our pitching is Um, but luckily the yankees have once again one of the best bullpens in baseball that they can lean on and they they have no name guys coming in like like nelson and and avalon and, and whoever the case is and they'll get the job done um, and uh, Pete's currently twisting his mustache to look like Raleigh Fingers right now, so that's that's distracting me.
0: Um, I'm going for more more of an old Hoss Radburn look. Uh, look him okay. up if you well, haven't heard of him.
2: Well, yeah, I don't know who that is, but yeah. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I mean, you know, there, there's the Yankees are, are are looking great out there offensively, but there's definitely things to improve upon. Granted, I, I don't I don't blame the Yankees for a lot of these issues, right? It's mm-hmm. it's just it's I, I can't say it enough. It's a wacky season, and uh, you know it's hard. It, 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 uh, they they say this on the broadcast a lot, but. You know, pitchers can pitch normally how they would, but it's not the same for batters. You know, you can't hit off the tee the same as if you're hitting live pitching, yeah. right? You're, you can't, um, uh, you know, you can't simulate the experience of, of of going against major league pitching. So, you know, a lot of these players, I think, especially like Mike Talkman last year, looks better with with regular reps. That's when he started really emerging as a legitimate option last year for the Yankees. So, players like that need that, um, and especially younger players like like Labor and Gary for. Sure is streaky. So the more he, the more at bats he has, the the more likely he's going to break out of it. So yeah. um, there's definitely areas of improvement. And let's be honest, Miguel Andujar did not have a lot of experience in left field, and and Glaber Torres is reverting back to a shortstop after after seasons at second. So uh, yeah. you know, it's it's going to take a while for these to get ironed
1: out. Yeah, and the, and there's some other stuff. Yeah, for yeah, definitely for sure that uh, you know, there's definitely little little chinks in the army there, but it's nothing nothing that they can't, you know. The Yankees' depth and stuff can overcome. him. Even Cole, like you know, his his stuff has been great. Like the the fastball, like the he hasn't lost velocity like Paxton, and the his spin rates are still at the same levels they were last year. He's just not you know currently locating the at the same cuz he's not getting the same whiffs on his fastballs. So he's not locating as much so that like that's stuff that's going to get fixed eventually. And He's still going out there, you know. The the two times, you know, I think part of the reason why he hasn't gone so deep into the games cuz the, there was the injury, the the rain shortened first game and then last game the the rain delay was like an hour and a half so they had to take him out after six anything, but he definitely would have gone seven um uh, you know I think each time out so no, I, I have very little complaints on, on Garrett Cole. So, and even that, like, even with the not locating his fastball, he's his stuff. He's still only giving up a run a game. Still, you know, striking out a decent amount of guys. Like, he's been not as good as advertised. But like, I, I, I'm not worried about Garrett. It's like the last thing that I'm worried about for uh, for the Yankees at the moment. So,
0: I, I have a question, and it's back to the Gardner thing. Because if you do listen to local radio. That's like the number one thing I feel like people are complaining about. Obviously, the the pitching rotation, like Alec just noted, th- there's some trust to be had in, in some of these guys that they will get into a better rhythm, and Cole, even without looking as sharp, is still you know winning games and putting you guys in great uh, positions to win. So the Gardner thing becomes a level of contention where he's beloved by so many Yankee fans. He is the longest-tenured Yankee. He is... He is the Yankees. Like, he embodies the Yankees culture in a lot of different ways with his intensity yet professionalism, right? He does a lot of great things on the field. I've been on the side where I thought he shouldn't have played last year every day, and he proved me wrong. He, he hit for power. He was that pro- professional veteran who who got the job done. Is, is this going to be the point? Like, is this season the season where he does fall out of the lineup? I, I don't. I don't know. It's so hard – And obviously the Yankees are such an analytically driven team where on base percentage matters so much and your run production matters so much. And what you do even defensively matters so much. And and the Yankees look into this stuff so deeply as you two are both analytical guys where you do really care about stats, but you also care about baseball on the eye test. Where is the breaking point on the Gardner stuff? Is it this season Or do you have to just say that leadership is so important, he will come around, he will hit for power, he will play some good defense? I I don't know. I'm torn because I'm rarely impressed by Brett Gardner uh, recently on the field, except for when he's hitting almost 30 home runs like he did last year, I guess. But where's the breaking point?
1: Uh well I think you're already starting to see it a little bit like he's not batting lead off anymore he's not being the lefty that's breaking up like uh, Stanton and Judge like uh, how he used to like a couple years ago. Oh you mean like opening day? <laughs> yeah, it was ridic- ridiculous ridiculous <laughs> and, and, and And he did have more home runs than Mookie Betts last year. Just just want to put that on the on the table right now um i love mookie bets but uh, i think you're already seeing it that, that he's batting in the bottom third of the order uh you know the yankees lineup's just so deep it, it, batting lefty isn't really uh, a thing that's mattering as much uh at least in aaron boone's eyes but uh, i you know he's doing the intangibles that stuff that we can't see he's the leader in the clubhouse he's he's the you know the guy that's the only person on the on the club with a ring i'm pretty sure so, other,
0: other it, than cole right
1: yeah, uh, no, Colton, Colton, uh, Colton's never. He wasn't on the twenty seven uh, Astros. So I he, he went oh, over. Oh 20, snap! 20, huh. How about he,
0: that? I forgot hmm. about
1: that. Twenty eighteen. Um, you got traded over. Um, so I think he's doing a lot of tangible But I think you're, you know, if Talkman starts to, you know, prove his worth, uh, yeah. maybe.
2: Chapman
1: has a ring. Yeah, uh, Chapman does. Yeah, with uh, with the Cubbies. Um, so yeah, one of the few people on the roster with a with a so he does a lot of intangibles that you can't really see but again if once you if Clint Frazier gets called back up or if Talkman gets more playing time or you know if Stanton never plays the outfield I think Brett Garner will definitely go more into the reserve role that I think fans are more comfortable with him seeing Um, him starting you know five five days a week is not something I think uh, he's capable of doing anymore uh, unfortunately
0: it, it's tough and when you look at the statistics and I guess I was a little bit overzealous in my statements about the Yankees and how good they've been across the board right because you look at it and lemayhew has been sick since he came back he only missed one game right so he's been yep. Lemayhew; he's just hitting over 400 typical stuff yep. Aaron Judge obviously on a tear Stanton's looking solid only uh only struck out seven times so far this season by the way shout out to Giancarlo Stanton yes. And G- Gio has been fantastic again, but I want to pinpoint Aaron judge for a second. Cause one thing that I've loved about judge when he's been hot and one of the best players in baseball is his patience, his eye, his ability to get on base when he's not even swinging the bat with the walks and stuff. The walks are, are down right now, but there's been stuff they're talking about in the broadcast with him really saying, I can't miss my pitches. I'm attacking the pitches. I'm pinpointing my spots and I'm going for it. Is that something that's like really exciting for you guys? Cause he has been so patient, and he has really worked walks in his career. And now he's like, I'm attacking. I'm in attack mode. And it's like an Aaron Judge that we haven't even seen calls.
2: He's getting calls this year for the first yep. time in his career. Yep. That's the big difference. Uh, those I little mean, who, strikes. Uh, who,
0: who knew that that would be the difference? Because nothing
2: has changed in his approach. I mean, this is the first time. I, I mean, maybe I'm wrong about the extra work he does in the uh, you know behind the scenes or anything like that. But that's the biggest thing you know. notice is that he's getting those low calls that he should be getting. It's not even like he's, you know, is being fortunate. And and this way he can focus on where his sweet spot is. And if you throw Aaron Judge a ball in the zone, he's gonna and he makes contact. It's going out of the yard. Even I don't really care what it looks like. If it's a good pitch, he's still hitting it. So if he if he can if he doesn't have to swing at those low and away strikes, uh, I, I throw low and away balls on those sliders and those low fastballs and whatnot. He's going to be in a good position to 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 make solid contact. And that's what you're seeing.
1: That's Absolutely. And you know there. It, he was a little more. Too, he was a little too passive, you know. At times that, that we have seen him just like kind of take those low, those low strike calls, and then like kind of just shake his head. But now he's just being super aggressive at the plate, and it's it's so it's so fun to see. It's so fun to watch him just like mass the absolute shit out of the ball. Uh, <laughs> just, it's, <laughs> it's, it's, it's just the best. And
0: and something even about Judge with his approach. Like sometimes it hardly looks like he squares up a ball, and he just puts it out like four hundred feet. Yeah. Like it's, it's pretty damn impressive and you know it's probably the look of his swing and how big he is sometimes makes it look like he doesn't square it up as nicely as you know I don't know
2: those moon shots man it looks like he's making solid contact and that oh,
0: well, with I'm just, no well i'm no just fans
2: saying in the you hear it it's so crisp i love
0: it i'm just saying like when when Cody Bellinger who's like a twig compared to Aaron Judge mm. right when he swings and he makes great contact like there is a lot of like action that goes into it there's mm-hmm. some beautiful whip around on his swing, like, it's just, it's glorious to watch. And I feel like sometimes Aaron judge, it's like off the jump. You're like, all right, did he get that? Oh yeah, no, he got it. like, Oh, yeah. he got that. Like I that's just maybe it's just me. And I expect well, he's also pulling
2: balls again this year too, mm-hmm. which is really nice. I mean, he hasn't done that since 2017.
1: The man, the man's on a mission. He wants, he wants his MVP. He, he wants, wants his, me. Right, he, he wants his MVP his rightful MVP that got stolen away from him. That little, that little little man. Uh, so I, I, I think he's he's motivated more than he's ever been, and I think this team is motivated more than it's than it's been. They've gone they've gone so close the last couple of years, and you know you know cheating aside, and uh, you know getting kind of screwed out of the playoffs. But I think they're they're there, and you know their their focus is there, and they're ready to just to be that dominant force in the league, and they've they've gotten off to that start.
0: Yeah, and uh, Glaber. Is a guy who was our other MVP pick. I, I actually, I literally put money on both of them uh, on, in, you know, in in Jersey over here. I, I put my future bet in for Judge and Glaber. I put both in because I like their odds the best. I, I'm not betting on Trout plus two hundred or plus two fifty. It's just not, it's not worth the future payout, right? So
2: he cares more about his baby than he cares about
0: baseball. <laughs> what a bad guy. <laughs> but so Judge, real quick, based off of uh, DraftKings, which is where I just happened to look. He was plus 900 maybe plus 800 at certain points before the season plus a thousand at certain points. I got him at plus 900. he is now down to plus 600 and I could imagine if he even has another couple games similar to what he's done in these first nine or ten he's gonna be down to the plus 300 level where trout is and I'll feel real great about about my pick because I, I heard Aaron judge specifically, uh, wants me to win some money. I heard he wants. <laughs> I heard he wants me to win like a hundred bucks. I, I heard he cares deeply about it, and I appreciate said, him for he that. He said it.
1: He said it to Meredith. <laughs> I heard him.
0: That's fantastic. And Glaber is a guy who, defense aside, right now, I think it it like there's just the utmost trust that he's going to start turning around. Uh, with Gary, Gary Sanchez, there's this thing where like. I love him. He's still one of the best hitting catchers, if not the best hitting catcher in baseball. Despite the struggles, uh, you d- you just don't know with him. He might bat two hundred. He might still hit a bunch of home runs, but he's not super duper consistent. Glaber is so freaking talented offensively. I feel like there's really such a small chance where he doesn't turn this around and start raking like real soon. He just needs one more series uh, against the oh. Orioles.
1: Oh, he will, and, and, and that's and that's, and that's like the and that's the crazy thing is that like. You, the Yankees lineup is so deep it's not dependent on one or two guys kind of like the Mets lineup with McNeil and Alonzo, if they're not raking like, you know, there's, there's not really going anywhere, but like you, top to bottom, the Yankees lineup is so deep and so talented that like, you know, Gary and Gardner and, and Glaber can go off to slow starts, but, you know, Judge and Stanton and Urshela and LeMay, who can all just carry the load and, and be, those, be those guys for for them and it's just it's just uh, it's wonderful to see and uh,
2: it's it's really nice that the Yankees like it. I, I just remember all those years where we couldn't hit with runners in scoring position and whatnot, mm. and and just watching the Yankees really more so in the past two years just operate as a unit. Um, yep, like that that like everyone's going to talk about judges. Uh, th- uh, Three-run home run the other night against the Red Sox, but I mean that doesn't happen. Not even just be- besides um, uh, DJ's uh, you know t- game uh, game tying single, but before that with that that steal by Talkman. I mean it's just every everything. That's what's so nice about th- watching this Yankees teams right now is that you don't have to focus as much on on the Glabers and the Garys the all because the team itself is fine, right? And and everything is accounted for and and, and somebody's going to pick up the slack for when need be and and if it's the, the next man up mentality like last year whoever's going to be you know it's going to be a different person each day carrying the championship belt that they have and it's just nice to see them operating in that capacity where they're going to knock in runs they're going to play small ball they're going to play big ball and whatever needs to get whatever they need to they'll they'll outslug you they'll outpitch pitch you whatever that whatever that night needs they're going to be able to do for you so
0: well, let's let's uh let's wrap let's wrap up the Yankees talk here and talk no. about the <laughs> let's talk about the possible peak here. Uh, it's a little bit of a hard discussion to have cuz they're off to such an incredible start like we know, right? But with this incredible start can now lead to a pretty incredible finish. They're 8 and 1. Say they lose their next game and they go 8 and 2. 8 wins out of 10. <laughs> is is a good run in any season in this season specifically that sets them up for like a 45 win plus 45 plus season possibly now you can't expect them to win nine out of ten every single time. you can't really even expect them to win eight out of ten but what is the peak of or the the highest win total you guys can realistically imagine this team getting to I know we talked about their over under in our preview podcast being at 37 and a half. I think we all took the over just because it's hard to bet the under against the best team in baseball. But what, what would you even set the new over under at for them? Is it, is it 45? How high can you imagine this team getting to?
1: I, I would probably set the over under at 40. Um, so I'm looking at this fan graphs, uh, playoff projections here. So you can, you can base the stats off their season and dates and adjust their playoff expectancy and win totals accordingly. So, uh, based off of their stats and winning percentage so far, they're putting their projections at 40, uh, 40.7 wins uh, so far. So I probably set the probably set the over under around 40, 41. And I'd probably still take the over at this point.
2: Yeah. I said, in, I said in the last time we were on the pod, Um, i be, it's hard to say that the Yankees are going to lose 20 or more games. Right. I said, I said that last time. It's just, I don't see that being a thing It's in, that, that's all dependent mostly upon the fact that you don't manage these games the way that you would normally manage the first 60 games of the season, right? Mm-hmm. You're managing it as if they're the last 60 games of the season. And, and, uh, and, and your your seasons dependent upon each win so that being said I, I just don't see t- them losing more than 20 games and I could see them losing significantly less I you wouldn't shock me if they lost 10 or less games the way that they're wow. playing
1: yeah wow' I, that's, dude, I, that's I, that's I, ambitious I'm with I'm Alex
2: saying though. they're
0: going to I'm with Alec just because I know you you brought out some statistical stuff uh Andrew and I, I always appreciate that but from like a, a regular person brain, over here who's just thinking based off of, you know, very simple math. They would – say they lose – like I said, say they lose the next game and they're 8-2. and two, They would now need to lose 18 out of 50 games. So, that's – the way they start – like, say, you you know, you look at the next 50 games as a new season, right? They would need to have, like, a really bad stretch almost, and it seems so unlikely for that to happen to this mm-hmm. team to, to hit that 20 loss mark. It seems, it seems hard for them to lose that many games almost, which is a weird thing to, to wrap your head around.
1: I think, I think in baseball in general, that you're not as good as you look when you're at your best and you're not as bad as you are when you're looking at your worst. So like, I, again, I'm not trying to poo poo on a, on an eight one start here. So I'm I'm still, still amazing. It's still like, you know, they're still the best team in the American league by far, just like to win. Uh, to win, to go, to continue that for 60 games, again, their best 60 game streak last year was like 40, 42 and 18. So, I, and again, that's, that's like 108 win pace, like, you know, which where they're very capable of doing, but yeah, I, I, I'm, you know, your, I see one thing and you know, this, this tell you another thing, but it's still, it's still very exciting regardless.
0: Absolutely. So that, that's good stuff. The Yankees are hot. We'll keep talking about it as we go. Um, let's close up here. Let's start to say our final words. So, uh, I'll just open the floor to you guys, hop around the league, any specific player, any specific team that has jumped out to you or impressed you, uh, in this first eight to 10 ish games or like four, if you're the Marlins, but <laughs> <laughs> any specifics that jumped out to you guys so far this season?
2: Yeah, I'm, I'm kind of pumped about uh, just, just, you know, my chaotic brain, the Orioles are looking pretty good.
1: <laughs> bad They have a better record than the Astros.
2: Yeah, uh, the Orioles are looking good. They have players on offense. I mean, Hans Alberto is one of the best offensive players this year so far. I mean, you know, it's a crazy season. They're they're poised. You know, if the season ended today, as we always say when we're talking sports, Mm -hmm. which actually – might happen, you know, (laughs) it might end today, but, uh, the, the Orioles are, the Orioles are a playoff bound team at the moment. They're better than the Red Sox they are better than the Rays and they're better than the, uh, the Blue Jays and better than a lot of teams in the league right now. So, um, you know, I, I, I don't think that organization is a bad organization. I think that eventually that they're going to be, you know, back to their ways. They're just kind of cyclical because they don't have the money that they, that, you know, a lot of other teams do. But you know, I think they're on their path to being a decent team again. I don't think it'll be this year, but you know, it's it's nice to see that they're they're playing pretty well. It's good. It's good for baseball when the Orioles are good because it means the AL East is good, and it means that uh, there's more competition.
1: Yeah. Uh, for me, it's got to be the Padres. Uh, they're off the. You know they are a seven and four start uh right there with the Dodgers and Fernando tostis jr has looked every good as advertised a guy is my MVP a phenomenal, pick, baby. uh phenomenal baseball player he's been he's been making plays in the field he's been getting clutch hits so uh the Padres have been a a very very good surprise and they might call it Mackenzie gore uh the top pitching prospect very soon so he might give them a a nice jolt uh, as well so you know Padres would be my pick.
0: Yeah. I mean, I think I would be hard pressed to. I mean, we talked about the Twins. I think Alec mentioned them pretty strongly as Mm -hmm. one of the other best teams in baseball that doesn't get talked about enough. Are they eight and two right now as well? Eight eight and two. So they're hot. They can hit the hell out of the ball. The Twins are a good baseball team. Shout out to them. And I was actually going to mention, Andrew, you mentioned the Padres. The whole NL West looking pretty darn good. Even like I think the Diamondbacks, correct me if I'm wrong, were looked at as like one of the. I don't. I don't want to say better teams in baseball, but like a respectable team that is no mm-hmm. slouch. And they're currently the worst team in the NL West. Uh, the yep. Rockies are looking good. The Dodgers are the Dodgers. They're they're going to come around even stronger than they are right now. And the Padres are real exciting. So the NL West has been really good. The Giants don't suck. Like that. That's impressive. Uh, and then yeah. last but not least, the Marlins. We we make fun of them because they almost <laughs> ruined baseball. They're three and one. Those little. Those freaking Marlins, man. Gosh. I think
1: they're currently I think they're currently winning right now against the uh against the Orioles. All I know
0: is when they play the Mets, they they will win. They will beat the Mets. Like I don't know why, I don't know how, but they will beat the Mets is what they do.
2: Well, it's it's also you brought up a point of all these these it's a good year for rookies coming up too. There's there's a lot of rookies coming up in, in big ways and, and young talent. So um uh, <clears throat> You have like people that are unsung, like Carter Keeboom in, in Washington, who nobody's mm-hmm. even talking about. Joe Adele just came up today that the, you know Drew and I were talking about before the, the, the pod. Uh, it's cool, you know, with these expanded rosters and, uh, you know, one of, the, uh, one of the fortunate byproducts of all these injuries is bringing up young talent that wouldn't necessarily get called up for, you know, service time manipulation and things like that. So it's kind of cool to see these people, uh, you know, uh, just come up a little earlier and Uh, you know, impact the ball because baseball is better when it's a younger sport, in my opinion.
0: Absolutely. And here's a question, quick uh, thing that just popped into my head. I heard on uh, Bill Simmons, they were talking about basketball specifically, you know, what's actually working so well in this bubble that it can be implemented moving forward when we're back to normal. Can an expanded roster be implemented into Major League Baseball when we're back to a more normal season? Like what, 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 you know what would be holding back baseball other than I guess some guys just not playing very much? I don't know, but what what's the real downside of having this semi-expanded roster to allow teams to you know use this flexibility and really have give young players a chance? What, what would hold them back from doing something like that?
2: Player development, I would say the most because you want these yeah. players playing in 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 the minors, right? You 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 don't want it's nice to have it now, but that's because the minor league season isn't happening. So, um you know, I think player development would would really be lacking if that were to be the thing.
1: And that's and that's something that's most important in baseball over any sport is the is that having those guys get those reps in on a daily basis. Like you can learn a lot, you know, sitting on the bench, but I don't think anything you can replicate. Uh, you know, playing every single day. Right. So, yeah. Yeah. They're I, they're they're 100% I agree with that. 100% agree out there.
0: Good good call, and that's why I bounced it off you guys because I'm looking at just the positives of right now, and you guys are looking at a more holistic approach, and I appreciate that. Um, all right, so final last words. How are we feeling about A, pitchers throwing at the Astros, and B, the suspension in which Joe Kelly received? <laughs>
1: Oh, that was so. It was so soft. I mean, I, I How do you go give a guy the, the equivalent of a twenty-two game suspension, and a hundred sixty-two game season when you did not suspend a single player when they admitted, when they got caught red-handed cheating? You know, like by by not punishing them. Major League Baseball put it in these guys hands to to police themselves. And now you're going to tell me that you're going to suspend the guy who who actually did his did his job and like, you know, there's there's so many former players out there that uh, you know, that 100% supported Joe Kelly and, you know, he I, Current I players I, too. Yeah. There's yeah. probably
0: a few players on the Astros. Honestly, if you're being completely 100% honest with yourself, there's probably a couple players on the Astros who are like, yeah, we kind of deserve it.
1: And and also Not Alex Joe... Bregman, I'll tell you that much.
0: <laughs> yeah,
1: <laughs> and, and Joe Kelly. Joe Kelly doesn't know where the ball is going. anyway. He broke his own <laughs> window when he was throwing in the offseason, like trying a changeup. Like which is like hilarious. maybe 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 one of the pitches was intentional. Like the like what do you what do the uh, I think it's the ball to Altuve. It was like a uh, a curveball that was like eighty six. You don't throw a curveball at someone's head. Like he clearly like he had no control that day.
2: But that's the problem with the thing is that is that you don't. This doesn't happen unless he gives that smirk that's what he got suspended oh, for the smirk where he was like
0: them. oh yeah dude yeah. and he was <laughs> yeah, exactly because that's the
2: most preposterous thing is like it's become memed because it's funny of course but he didn't get suspended for throwing at the players he got suspended because for trash talking exactly he and made it a spectacle and that's not what baseball should be, you know, like uh, be- Rob Manfred is just so concerned with the things that don't matter to the fan. Like he's just pol- he he just finds this way to police the things that don't matter right. at all. And, and honestly, this is what fans want to see anyway. And-, and I understand you want to protect the players, but let's, Let's not pretend like Rob Manfred gives a crap about the players. Like right. he never has. So you know, if that's the case, then you're just doing this because you can, because you have the ability to do this, and it's so stupid. Um, the play the players deserve whatever that whatever happens in this year. Obviously, outside of injury, we don't want people to get injured. We don't root for that. Um, sometimes we do, and we don't talk about it. But <laughs> um, or, or
0: sometimes you just talk about it, I guess. <laughs> yeah, uh,
2: I guess so. <laughs> but I mean, it just just let let the game happen a little bit. Like you're focused on on the the, the runner on second in the ninth and in, in the tenth inning instead yeah. of you know the, the things that are actually destroying the dignity of the game that that, that so many people love so much. So it's just it's right. just so ridiculous if you really if you want to be myopic about it and, and pinpoint what it is that actually created the, the the suspension it's because of a smirking you know little pouty face right yeah that's ridiculous to give oh. it an eight even if it, even if it wasn't the equivalent of a 22 and a half uh, game the suspension eight games is ridiculous for a pouty face yeah, <laughs> I mean, yeah. well
0: th- this is where I land on this and uh, I am at, like I actually argued with some friends over the weekend about the suspension he needed to be suspended right eight games I'm not gonna argue that eight games was Why eight, did you he- I'm about to explain it okay so I'm not going to argue that the eight games is is a good number of games because it, it's not it's too many but you you can't as a league and maybe this is you know a hopeless point because of what Rob Manfred has proved us of not caring about the right things but you can't as a league allow people who have the power to throw 95 plus at people's general vicinity of their head you can't allow it and not do anything about it what Andrew well, he, said was he, perfectly he, he placed.
1: Should, he he should have suspended. He shouldn't have put it in the player's hands then. Right, no, and that's, that's exactly
0: what I was just going to say, Andrew. You made the best point. Yeah. What he did was made a decision to not suspend the players who did wrong and allowed players to make up for it. That being said, he made that mistake. Moving forward, if I were the commissioner, I would suspend Joe Kelly for two or three games, not for eight. But if you just say pitchers— you know, even if it's a uh, under the a sly little thing like we're not going to suspend you, like just throw at him quick, like whatever, like you you can't allow it. You can't allow pitchers to to feel that power to maintain the power to throw ninety six at somebody's head. You just but that's can't not what allow- he was doing, dude. He threw it <laughs> behind him and he can't control it. You said it. You said it. You guys both said it. He can't control he his pitches he threw anyway. He him with a curveball. No, he threw at Bregman. No, he threw
1: the fact. Oh, Korea. The the at Korea. The first one to no, the first Springer? one to
0: Bregman. No, it was oh. the oh, Springer. Wasn't one Springer it was or Correa Springer, yeah, where yeah, yeah. the one he actually Al did Al the face at. I yeah. for dude, he threw ninety six behind to the backstop behind the batter. You said it yourself. He can't control his pitches anyway. You're gonna not police somebody who clearly had an intention, who was pissed off at the hitter, and threw ninety six behind his head. You, but did he do that at the beginning of the inning? It, it doesn't matter when he did it. No,
2: It absolutely matters because that means he's not doing it on purpose. <laughs> that, that's, that's what that means. You don't do that to start an inning. You do that. If you're up by six runs and it's two outs in the, in the eighth inning or something. Well, he
1: like he did. He did do it. Three Oh, he he lost the batter. Then he threw a Bregman. Yeah. That, that was the one. It was one. The, Breg, the Bregman had... one is
0: the one I'm thinking about. Yeah. He threw yeah. 96 behind his head. Listen, I, I yeah. understand policing it yourself as a player. You got to do what you got to do. You got to stick up for your guys. You got to do this. You got to do that. I get all of the unwritten rules crap that some of it's ridiculous, but you have mm-hmm. to, as a league, not as a fan, not as a player, as a league, if I were the commissioner, I would say he needs to be suspended. You can't just allow pitchers to do what they're doing and say, ah, it's fine. They cheated because then your two wrongs. Don't make a right. He made a mistake of not suspending the Astro players. Uh, which it, it, I think it, everybody should.
1: It can't should, be for eight games, though. It eight can't ga- be for eight, and games.
0: I agree with that wholeheartedly. It should not be for eight games, but you can't allow people who wield the power of ninety-six miles per hour in their hand to throw at somebody it, it, with fair. no punishment. So my my final point: the the suspension idea was right. The implementation was terribly wrong. You just can't allow pitchers to to police themselves and throw ninety-six at people's backs or heads. It, it just can't happen. But two wrongs don't make a right. And uh, he did two wrongs or the league did two wrongs here pretty much. Yeah. And that's yeah. it. That's you, all I got to say.
1: You can't, you can't expect Rob Manfred to basically do anything right. So that's, yeah, you know, <laughs> yeah, it's true. Just leave it, leave it at that.
0: Well, boys, this has been great fun as always. And we didn't go for an hour and 45 minutes today. That's pretty good. We only did like an hour and 20, which is a little longer than probably preferred, but who cares? We had fun. Yeah. Pre- preferred by you. Well, you know, people tell me. People talk to me. Some people say, you know, hour 20 is kind of a long one. Hour 40, PD, dude, what was the
2: highest? What was the highest listened to uh, podcast that you ever had?
0: Of the year. Of the year. Not ever. But of the oh. year, yes, it was our preview that <laughs> we did. Uh, the, the initial Subway Sports Talk episode, the, the debut of the relaunch.
2: Yeah, that's right. There you go.
0: So let's make our episodes longer. Let's keep going. What else do we want to talk about here? <laughs> um, no, but we are going to end now. Hour 20 is just about right for this episode. Perfect stuff as always. Andrew Kalania, Alec Argento. We did like three sets of last words, but as we do before we say goodbye anyways, Andrew Colonia, any last words for Subway Sports Talk? Uh,
1: let's 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 go Yankees.
0: Alec Argento?
2: No, that's it. He, he nailed it on the head. Just perfectly succinct. Let's go Yankees.
0: Let's go Mets, baby. Come on now. Boom. Subway Sports Talk, thank you for listening. We'll be back next week talking basketball, all things bubble, because uh, basketball's heating up, baby. There's a lot of good action out there. I know you guys are locked into baseball. Uh, Andrew's watching the Rangers suck, and uh, I- I'm locked in. I'm watching basketball. They're starting 1 o'clock, one forty starts you, the past two days. Been very fun to watch. Even the Bucks nets was good this, this, this day. Oh, my gosh. Very exciting stuff out of the bubble. Uh, we will talk about that next week with the NBA Outsiders. But for now, signing off for Subway Sports Talk. Hopefully you enjoyed the episode, but hopefully you enjoy your day and uh, keep being safe out there and do the right thing.